You're listening to Holistic Wednesdays, your weekly podcast where healing practitioners and master coaches, Amy and Shelley, share their wisdom and expertise to offer hope, healing, and transformation as they share living holistic in the modern world. Let's join Amy and Shelley. Hey, Shelley. Hey, Amy. How you doing? Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday. I'm doing good. How are you doing? I have had a wonderful week. It's been busy, but it's been really productive. How about you? I've had a great week and I'm ready to get into this podcast because we have such an important topic to share. Today, we're going to start a multi-episode series on a topic that's really just not talked about enough. With the tragedy and recent events around the Lindsay Clancy case, it has really opened up the conversation for postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety, and postpartum psychosis. My daughter, who is a certified yoga instructor and personal trainer, reached out to me about this topic and suggested that we talk about it on the podcast. And she, being a mother herself, decided that she would love to come on the podcast and share her experience with us. Everyone is really in for a treat. She's going to share so much good information and knowledge with you. I realize that this may be a triggering subject for some, and if you feel that you may be triggered by this, then absolutely skip this series. And and if you feel that this resonates with you, you have something to learn or you can relate, please listen and join us for the next few weeks as we dig into postpartum. But we just want to open up the conversation so women don't have to suffer in silence. Or alone, because there is a lot of women out there that suffer from this and they're doing it by themselves or trying to do it by themselves. So if you hear this and it resonates with you, reach out, reach out to your practitioner, reach out to your family, reach out to your friends, or you can reach out to us. We're listening and we understand. And we just want everyone to know that you are not alone. And if you feel that you want to share your story, that your story could be helpful or beneficial to someone, and you'd like to share it on our podcast, we would love to have you on during this series. So you can email us at holisticwednesdays at gmail.com. That's holistic with a W. And let us know that you'd like to be a part of this series and you would like to share your story and we will, we will have you on as well. Um, Shelly and I recently had a conversation with Haley and we'll just take you to that conversation now. Well, after both of my kids, I experienced postpartum depression and anxiety, which there's pretty, there's so many postpartum things. There's postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety, postpartum OCD, postpartum psychosis, like the list goes on. But I mean, I was 18 when I had my daughter, so I had no clue what none of these things were. So at like my six week appointment, you know, I was feeling fine. And then it wasn't until later on when these things started to set in, I knew nothing about them. And so it was honestly one of those things where you're just like, why am I feel? It's almost like you feel bad. Like you're like, oh, I shouldn't feel this way. I, I just had a baby. Why aren't I more happy? why don't I feel better? And it was more just like, wow, you need to do better rather than me knowing like, oh, I like, I need to get help with this. I didn't know that. And I know that there's so many other people out there that feel that exact same way. Amy, as her mom, did you ever experience anything like that after you had your kids? We're constantly in my arms. I'd never put you down. I just wanted you safe. Like, that scared me that you wouldn't be safe. So I don't know, that may have been some type of anxiety, but I, I don't know. To me, it was just, I love this baby more than anything in the world. And I'm not going to let anything happen to it. And I was, yeah. I don't know that I was scared that something would happen to you because, you know, you slept in the bed with us and everything, but like I did everything by the book. I read all the books, did everything they said. And I was just all about, I got to keep this baby safe. I don't know, yeah. maybe that was some kind of anxiety too, but I just always felt like all first moms probably experienced that, especially when they're younger. I was 20 yeah. when I had you, but I think that there's a lot of pressure to be like a perfect, happy mom of newborn. And exactly. it's not like that because there's no sleeping. There's mm -hmm. 
you know, the first time you don't know what you're doing. So you're just learning as you go. And yeah. And I think like with the first baby, it's so much harder because you don't know what post-pressure anxiety, baby blues, all of these things feel like. So you're like, should I feel this way? Should I not feel this way? And I think that's where people just talking about it is so beneficial because like Maisie, what my firstborn was like six months old or so. And I was just scrolling through Facebook on an article about postpartum depression. And I read it and was just like, I felt relieved because it was like, oh my God, there's other people that feel this way. And then it just was kind of like, Whew, like nothing, nothing's wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it. Instead of just being like, probably shouldn't feel this way, but I don't know what to do. It was just like, okay, now I know the issue. So here's ABC that I can do to help myself feel better. Mm-hmm. I think nobody wants to feel not normal. And when they realize that so many other people feel the same way, they're like, Phew, I'm normal. Okay, I can do this. Right. It takes, exactly. off, it takes off the shame of not talking yeah. about it. And it, yeah. it needs to be an open conversation, especially woman to woman, like with no judgment and no shame. Hey, I'm feeling this way. What do you think? Is this normal? And that's when someone else could speak up and say, hey, I felt that way, too. And this is what I did. And people mm-hmm. can start saying, no, you, you know, you need this person needs more help. And women helping women because we're not getting it in the medical system no and we just really need to take the shame away from it and there's something where it's like not so much depression but it's just like where you just need to be aware that it could get to that point called baby what did you experience with your second baby my daughter moderate to severe on the autism spectrum so it, I was a little bit nervous. Um, there was certain things with her, like we thought she was colic, wasn't colic. Like she was, she showed sensory things from a very young age, like excessive crying, just some stuff. And I was nervous for that because I didn't know any different. And so it was like, I had him and things like he was so much easier than her. And then I was just like, wow, everyone said boys were easier. So that's just what I thought that he slept so much better just everything was easier and it could have just been because it was my second baby versus my first but then I'm trying to think how old he was it was I guess after I had him I went at four weeks which that's the typical length you hear is you go to your postpartum appointment at six weeks no not ever like some doctors have you going at four weeks like I was still, I was still healing at four weeks. Um, I actually, by the time I got to the hospital with him, I was like eight centimeters dilated, full active labor. Like I was only in the hospital for not even an hour. <laughs> You're lucky you didn't have was, quiet in the, in the car. <laughs> yeah, it was a very fast ordeal. Um, so when I went out four weeks, like I was still healing, things were still hurting, like all of that. So then I don't remember exactly how old he was. I guess he was born in August and it was sometime in December. I was like, okay, I'm feeling this with me. I have anxiety anyway, but my sign, like my signs that it was more postpartum related was like excess, like excessively waking up to just check if they're breathing, like, uh, like reach over and, and he'd be in his bassinet passed out. And I'm like, okay feel a breath, check his nose, check, you know, I'm like doing that excessively throughout the night. And I remember one night I, it was like over and over and over. And I was like, he's like, he is sleeping great. So why am I who's sleep deprived already waking up every so many minutes to check if he's alive? Like (laughs) I can hear him sleeping next to me, but I'm still checking. So I was like, okay, I need to talk to my doctor because I, I just don't want it to get as bad as it was with my daughter. My doctor was very good and I had actually a Zoom appointment with her and you know she went through the whole list of questions and they just prescribed me just some medication. It did help. But I know that there's so many other things that could be done. The doc all the doctor's gonna do if you have postpartum depression anxiety is like, here's your medication, you're good to go. But I'm saying that my medication helped me, but there's also so many other things you could be doing as well 
And sometimes the medication is not even going to help the person. So even though it helped me, I know there's so many other women out there that need other interventions to help them feel better. One of them I suggest that I've got behind me is Clary Sage. Clary Sage is incredible for hormone balancing. You don't want to use it too close to delivering because you can actually go into delivery a little early. So you want to kind of wait until after delivery, but Clary Sage will actually help your hormones balance naturally and kind of flow back into balance. So that's one that I recommend. I think Clary Sage is amazing. You can also diffuse it, put it on the bottoms of your feet every day, that kind of thing, mm-hmm. or just rub it around your uterus, you know, round and round. If you have, obviously, if you haven't had open surgery there, another thing that I suggest is peppermint. It's uplifting. It's an easy thing. Ginger is really good for nausea. There's so many great essential oils that you can get to use. Um, you want to use better oils. Um, doTERRA has some really good oils out there for people that are going through pregnancy and postpartum. I think that some of the oils can be really amazing. Frankincense is amazing to help with depression and grounding and just feeling a sense of purpose. And I think that's uplifting too, in in a lot of ways. So there's some great things. I also think vitamins, diet, all that stuff. Yes. I think so. I'm a certified like yoga, personal trainer, fitness, all of those things. And I think simple things is just like meditating. Um, Something I do now, which I've come a long way from being an 18 year old mom to the mom and just the person I am now. But just take like five minutes and it does like now they're older so I can extend my time of like, you just need to do something for you, whether it's I'm going to wake up, I'm going to make sure he's fine, then I'm going to go put my face stuff, like just something that's specifically for you. Just even just start with five minutes stuff, because that's really all I did. It's like, okay, I'm going to put my moisturizer on. I'm going to brush my teeth. I'm going to do all this stuff by myself (laughs) and then I'm gonna go like go back in there with them but I think that's super important because so many people just become a mom in there like okay they have to be with me 24 7 no matter what I do I think it just starts simple as like you're a person too and you are somebody apart from them and you have to make sure that you are still nurturing that person as well as who you are as a mother and I think that's where people get lost in the depression, anxiety, psychosis, all of these things is like these, you as an individual and you as a mother become so intertwined that you forget. I'm a person with my own needs too. And I have, I have to be healthy and take care of myself so I can be a better mother. That's absolutely right. A lot of mothers don't do that. And exactly. I think that's especially in the beginning when they're first, when they first have their baby, that's something Haley and I were talking about the care that they get in other countries after mm-hmm. they have a baby, I think is a big difference in what we get here. And Haley, what were you saying about that? I was, well, I was using, I'm obsessed with this show called called the midwife and it's on Netflix everyone in the show is midwife so I didn't know why honestly didn't really know anything about like midwife type care until I started watching the show and yes it's taken this show takes place like 40 to 80 years ago but it just shows like in this show the midwife is there like every day like a month before you have the baby there to make sure you're ready for the baby you have all these things cleaned and washed and ready And then they come like every day for like at least a month after you have your baby to make sure you don't need any help to like to do all of these things every day to help you. And that's so sad because here the normal postpartum care is you stay in the hospital for 24, really just 24 hours. With my first baby, I think they kept me for 48 hours. But they said that was just because of my age and it was my first baby because I was 18, first baby. They kept me for 48 hours. But pretty much here in America, they're just like, okay, you had your baby. See ya. You go to like a 30-minute maybe postpartum appointment with your gynecologist. And then they're just like, 
okay hope you're good and after I had Wyatt I was still having pain in like my lower left abdomen for like six to eight weeks after and I had my postpartum appointment at four weeks they have a little chat so I had just messaged my doctor like I'm still having this extreme pain in my left lower abdomen like I did not have this after my daughter I know this is not normal I know that my recovery was different with him because of stitches and all of that type stuff and she told me that I probably got to do things too quickly and pulled a muscle that is what my gynecologist told me and then like the pain would like it just wouldn't go away and I went in at like 12 weeks just to uh, get a form of birth control and they found a cyst on my left ovary and it was just like then with over the next year, it got to the point where those cysts were getting bigger and bigger and I had to go to the hospital because one had gotten like 3.5 by 3.5 centimeters. So pretty much in, in, a little over an inch both ways and then it had ruptured. And so like there was a whole week where I could hardly do anything. I could hardly move. And for pretty much that whole year, anytime I would tell my gynecologist or my doctor, like, I'm having this pain, I don't know why. And it was just like, I was getting cyst after cyst after cyst. And they would be like, Oh, there's nothing you can do about it. You're a woman. So this just happens. And I was just like, I, it's so sad that when like, that's how women's health is. But if you had a cyst anywhere else on your body, oh my God, it would be the biggest deal but the fact that I'm a woman and it was on my ovaries oh that just happens they don't ever give you an answer they, yeah. you're just a woman it just happens or let's just take it out let's just take everything out those are yeah. your two options like during that time like I was trying to advocate for myself and be like I think it's because of my IUD I think it's because my IUD this is the only thing different after my daughter versus my son like we're getting into like three to four like even like four or five like I said it was like a whole year and I was like I know I shouldn't feel this way I know this shouldn't hurt like either something's wrong or this is caused like my IUD is causing all of these things so my doctor's like don't take it out don't take it out don't take it out and I finally was just like, okay, I'm going to like, I'm making an appointment and we're going to take it out. And my doctor took it out. Not my gynecologist, like my primary doctor took it out. And I haven't had any huge, like super painful cysts since they took that out. And the whole time they told me, you're not getting your cyst because of that. No, there's no way you're getting your cyst because of that. Now it's out, and I think I've gotten some little ones because every once in a while I'll have, like, just a little achy pain, but all of, like, the intense, horrible pain is gone now. I had to fight for months, which um, my mom, <laughs> I had so many ultrasounds and everything to her. I was like, I'm finally just not going to listen to them and trust that this is what it is, and that's what happened. They told me it's actually going to help prevent my cysts is actually exactly what they told me since I had... I'd started getting them when I was pregnant with him and I, no one ever was like, oh, you have a cyst on your ovary and you're pregnant. Cause there were certain times where I was like, why in the world does this hurt right here? Like this baby's just kicking the crap out of me. But no, nobody was ever just like, oh, I see a cyst down here. They just didn't even tell me. So you had Wyatt during COVID pretty much. Like during right, COVID. right around its peak. I mean, being pregnant and delivering him. I mean, even when you delivered him, access to the hospital was limited. Um, yeah, I could. It was pretty much just mom and dad were allowed in the hospital. Do you think that whole experience contributed to any of the anxiety or added to, or do you think that was a all of that could be why we're seeing a rise in it? Um, that's a good question. I don't think so because I think my depression and anxiety was worse after Maisie but if I'm thinking about it I because I was pregnant in high school my senior year and so just going through all of that was extremely hard so I think just since we lived in a small town and my pregnancy was so like 
shamed and frowned upon that that was just harder because I felt like being when I had her I felt like I had a a point to prove like I am gonna be a good mom despite everything so I think your support system is very important but I think it's just it's it's important like during your whole pregnancy rather than just like who's there right after like you just need that continuous thing because with him like it was way different because I had had a baby like I had a lot like my sisters were old like everyone was just more here Mm -hmm. instead of just like every day I was by myself a lot like all of those things with Maisie made it a lot harder versus like I was with Maisie every day when I was pregnant um I was around everybody a lot more even though it was COVID time I was still around everybody more because I wasn't in you know I wasn't in school I had a job I was just around people all the time when I was pregnant with him and they were all excited yeah and Mm -hmm. I think who you surround yourself with when you're pregnant does contribute to after for sure Mm -hmm. it's a village to keep the mom strong too they used to honor women so much and women we bring life into this world (laughs) wombs are sacred women were honored and somehow we got away from that and it really is starting to show just our health care our mental health care with this tragedy that's happened I've seen such a rise on TikTok when Haley told me about it and I started searching I just see woman after woman just speaking up And saying, and some of the most powerful ones are saying, but I've had those thoughts, but I've been in Mm -hmm. shoes. And I think that's real powerful because for somebody that is going through this right now, if they know that's alone and that gives them the courage to ask their doctor and get help. And, but this woman got help and she asked her doctor to put her in a facility and they wouldn't do it. He failed her. They so failed her. They did. Yeah. And I think that's where postpartum care needs to step up because this woman was literally like, help me telling people I need help. But with our modern day healthcare, no one was there every single day to help her. And that's what, (laughs) that's what she needed. Well, in a site, when you're in a psychosis state, I think they're supposed to treat that as a medical emergency. So she should have been in a facility. That's another place where medical system failed her. But if we were had like midwife type aftercare and somebody was there to help her and be there for her every single day, then maybe her outcome would have been different. Mm-hmm. I believe so. Because a lot of times I think right after you have a baby, you forget to eat. You're not sleeping as well. So you're not thinking as well. And if there was somebody there to help you make sure you're eating, make sure you're taking your vitamins, make sure you're doing the things for yourself, that you forget when you, especially right after you have a baby, I think those things would be so supportive for a woman in the first month, even that it would just turn things around completely. You're right. That just being allowed to sleep and even honestly, in today's time, even if there's someone there to help you, a lot of the mm-hmm. times you're going to be like, I, I want to feed the baby. I want to do this. I, I want to do that. Cause you feel like it's your baby. And of course you want to, but you also feel like you're supposed to, you should, because in today's society, we don't have somebody to help us right away. And it didn't used to be that way. They used to, a village raised the baby. So the mom had time to heal. Yes, the mom held the baby and fed the baby, but not the only one that did it. The mom also got to sleep and got to heal and got to take care of herself. And we don't get to do that anymore and haven't right. for a long time. As an example, but like there's some mothers out there where like they're by themselves or the job that their partner has, they, they can't really help. Um, I mentioned earlier that my daughter's autistic. Yep. One of the wonderful things about being autistic is it's very, very hard for her to sleep. So when I had him, we were still in that stage where it was really hard for her to sleep. So what we, me and their dad would do is whenever I would go to put Wyatt down to sleep, then I would go to sleep after he was on Maisie duty. Like it did not 
matter how long she stayed up but that was just like he was like if you got one I got the other one and there would be some nights where he'd be up with her you know till midnight but he knew like okay we have a baby you need help so I'm gonna stay up late with her and you next time the there would be times where you know a newborns wake up what like every three hours where I would fall asleep wake up for his first feeding of the night and him and Maisie are still watching a movie or something so it's like people don't have that help or even like partner support where they're like hey I know that you need sleep so here's what I can do and I think that's that's something else that But I was saying, I think partner support is really important too. And I know that there's people out there as sad as it is where they like their the mom can go to their partner and just be like, hey, I'm struggling. And they're just like, oh, no, you're okay. And it needs to be talked about more where if someone goes to you and says, hey, I'm struggling. Sometimes they most of the time they need more than, oh, you're okay. You'll be fine. Like that, if someone goes to you and says, "Hey, I'm struggling," it's it's time to help them, not just be like, "Oh no, you're good, you've got this." No, if they're going to you and saying, "Hey, I'm struggling," that means they they don't got this, and they need some help. Yeah, they need help, and I think it's important to set up an environment where people feel comfortable to go to people and say, "I'm struggling." That's a, the one of the biggest problems is we don't have place our society is not a safe place for people to feel comfortable to get asked for help they feel so much shame around it or like they're not good enough or whatever instead of realizing that it's really not them personally something is going on in the body that's causing this let's figure it out let's figure it out together and I think by opening the conversation like this is going to help people realize it's okay to come forward and say, I need help. And that's what, that's one of the good things about social media right now is that it does allow people to come together and realize that they're not alone. Yeah. And something else that I think needs to be talked about too, is in one of uh, a video I saw about psychosis, she had like a later term miscarriage and experience psychosis after that and people when you like when you miscarry a baby after your body thinks it just delivered the baby even though it wasn't a full term you still your body still technically goes through the whole process of delivering the baby so instead of treating someone who had a miscarriage like oh we're just, we'll see you next time. Hope you're okay. Like, let's check your HCG levels. And as long as they're good, be on your way. Like the mother is still experiencing everything hormonal, emotionally. For one, they lost their child. And for two, hormonally, they're going through everything. Like they just gave birth. And that needs to be talked about too, because it's just as hard after a miscarriage as a baby. Because you've experienced and you're going through all these changes like that I can't I have had two healthy successful pregnancies so I can't imagine like I know I know plenty of people who have had miscarriages but I just can't I can't put myself in those shoes because I don't know what that feels like but I do think that that's something that's just as important as postpartum after you have a baby absolutely I totally agree I had six miscarriages and my first one had to have a DNC. 
And so it really was like I had a delivery. Like that's what my body felt like because I actually had a procedure. And the, all I was told was you need to wait six weeks before you try again, six to eight weeks. And I was told that I had a really amazing doctor that delivered Haley and was there when I had my first miscarriage. And he was telling me exactly what Haley just said, that your body thinks it's went through a full pregnancy. It thinks it's delivered. You're going to have to treat it that way. You're going to have to give it time to heal. Don't get pregnant right away. That's going to be really bad on your body. You know, and he told me, I think it was six weeks or maybe eight weeks before I even try again. I guess like the hope in that was the six to eight weeks. It was just like, even though I was like super sad and I had Haley. So I think having another baby kind of helped keep the sadness away. Yeah, I had repeated ones. It didn't get easier with any of them. But I think the one with the DNC was probably the one where my body experienced it the most. So Mm -hmm. I definitely think that that is something that's not talked about. I think miscarriages are just swept under the rug in this country. I understand if there's no medical reason they can tell you, but find a better way to tell me that than just say, this just happens. Sorry. Go home. Goodbye. And that's pretty much what happens to people in this country that have miscarriages. So so just out of curiosity, each time that you had a miscarriage, did he tell you, okay, just six to eight weeks in between? Or yeah. was there another story? That was it? Yeah, that was, pre- well, as I progressed, I, I changed doctors. I eventually went to a fertility specialist who started giving me progesterone shots. And that's how I was able to carry Emily to term. Gotcha. Um, I had Katie. I mean, it was just prayers. Like we didn't know. They didn't tell us anything. Just keep trying. Then I had two more between Katie and Emily and I was like, I went to the specialist and had one miscarriage with him. And then he said, okay, we're going to, I think you make too much estrogen. We're going to give you progesterone shots and try to balance it out. And I had to get a shot in the hip through my first and second trimester so that I wouldn't miscarry her. We don't really know. I mean, that worked, but I don't really know why I had so many miscarriages. Um, The pregnancies I did have were great. I mean, they weren't any major problems or anything. It was either get pregnant and do good or just lose it. There was no like in-betweens. And ultimately, after my last baby, I got my tubes tied. And I've seen um, along the lines of like hormone balancing, because that's pretty much what they were like, okay, your hormones need to be balanced this way rather than the way that they are. Like nowadays, they're just going to give you a shot or a pill or because they did. They also did that with me when I was getting those cysts. They're like, here's this. And I just thought I honestly didn't know what I thought. I thought it was just a prescription to help with the cysts. And I went to my PCP and they were like, why is it listed on here that you're on two types of birth control? And I was like, oh, I'm not. I have an IUD. And she was like, no, this that they have you taking is also birth control mm-hmm. and I was like it makes so much sense for my body feels the way that it is because there's like here's all these hormones I'm giving you when in reality if we ate like we are supposed to then our hormones would be and then just on that same like birth control side effects topic from like from after I had Maisie to now, they have probably put me on like six to seven different types of birth control. Two to three caused excessive bleeding where I would bleed for like two weeks at a time. And so then we tried two of those. And then um, the one I'm on now and another one, like um, there's no, like I have no cycles, zero. Mm. And so I'm like, I'm not good either. Right now, I don't want to have another baby. It's so hard mm-hmm. to just be like, I don't like how this makes my body feel. But it's sad that there's this trial and error. And there's no, I want to say like healthy option of birth control. But that's honestly true. There's nothing mm-hmm. healthy that someone can take that's going to not have a baby, but then is like not hurt your body. 
baby. So my only choice now is to take this, which is honestly harming my body. I keep reading more now about how the studies are coming out that they're like one of the biggest carcinogenics. That's scary. Until I knew like I wasn't going to want any more kids, then, you know, I, it was a struggle. And I think there's a lot, a lot of women out there that go through that struggle because, you know, like Haley, she's just 24 today. You know, she, mm -hmm. she doesn't need to make the decision that she never wants to have any more kids at 24 just because of birth control. And it's really a hard thing for women. There's a page on TikTok, and I wish I knew it, but she had fertility issues. And instead of taking anything, her husband turned into like this amazing chef and cooked her things every single day. And she ended up, that's how she got pregnant. It wasn't from fertility treatments or anything like that. She, they literally were like, okay, we want to have a baby. We're going to change absolutely everything. We're going to eat right. We're going to eat, you know, all of these healthy things. And she had a full term successful pregnancy. Wow. And it was all because she just changed her diet. Yeah. I think also you can take things out of your home, like chemicals and things that are hormone blockers and disruptors making sure that you have a lot of natural products in your home. You can make all kinds of natural stuff. It saves you so much money. I know I make everything, my laundry detergent, things that I clean the counters with, or I buy it from doTERRA because they have a lot of natural things. And honestly, I don't get sick anymore. I don't. We've switched to a lot of non-toxic or low toxic things. Um, I use the Grove brand of laundry detergent uh, all my cleaners, which they pretty much come like a little glass thing. You pour it into your glass dispensers and then pretty much add water and you're good to go. But I do think that that has a lot to do with like hormones and health. And even I've, as I've done my research, uh, that also in heavy metals, like have a lot to do with the hyperactivity levels and autism. So ever since, I don't know which exactly to put more credit to or if they're pretty equally credited, but the same time I started detoxing my daughter from heavy metals and I, she went into ABA at the same time. So that's why I don't know if it's both ABA therapy, heavy metal detox, whatever, but she, we are now making eye contact. She is saying sentences like it is just bizarre the change in the last how long has she gone six months May I've six seen a months. huge change in just yeah. the last six months meeting with her ABA place and she was just telling me this morning they started a new goal on Monday and Maisie's it is Thursday and Maisie's already reached like 70 percent of that goal wow and like it's crazy because whenever she started, we had like 50 or 60 goals, you know, this crazy amount of goals. And she was saying every six months, they redo her whole pretty much like autism evaluation all over again. And she was like, we're pretty much going to have to come up with all new goals because Maisie will come in here, will introduce, they do it. Uh, the process at this place, I love. It's like, instead of being like, here's what we're going to do. Just like forcing it upon her. They're like, like, here's something new. Do you want to check this out? And like for a few days, they give her the chance of like when they move to a new table, introduce a new activity instead of showing her like, this is how we do this activity. Then they just kind of let her check it all out herself. Like here they're doing like table work. So what she, if she went to public school, what she would do. And so they're like, okay, we sit at the table and before they started doing actual work at the table with her, they're just like, here's a new table. What do you want to do at the table? And so then they like, they'll start it like, like that. I think it's like six tasks she has to do at a table. So day two, they're like, okay, here, now you've figured out what you want to do. So let's start by putting our hands flat on the table. And then we're going to pick up our pencil and write with it. And they were like, by the day three, she went to the desk, she put her hands down, she picked up her pencil, she did her work, and then like wanted to do her own thing. So it's like every day, they're just gradually like, here we go. And then they said, so they started this on Monday. So today's Thursday, and she's doing four out of the six structured things at the table. Wow. And it's only been Monday through Thursday. This is good. Problem.
Yes. Oh, I know. It's so amazing. Good. And yeah, I, I do think that the detoxification helped tremendously. You would be surprised. Like I know adults that have gone through heavy metal detox. I have a friend that has gone through it and she weighs about 90 pounds. She said it was like night and day. She was so depressed that she wasn't even coming out of the house. As soon as she did the heavy metal detox, now she's feeling like a human again. Her The brain fog is gone, everything. She wanted to live again, all these things. So I think that there's a huge uh, fog that lifts when you detox and not too many people mm -hmm. realize what a little tiny body, like a child and what detoxing can do for them. And then mm -hmm. if you even just want to, back into like your postpartum stuff if we instead of are like oh I'm I just want to be lazy and eat all these cookies and all of this stuff postpartum if you're like hey I'm gonna sit down and I'm gonna eat health like I'm gonna eat healthy postpartum uh, we would all feel so much better if we mm -hmm. ate better started addressing that and I think that's just that's just modern day society we want fast easy convenient rather than we need to be healthy we need to think how this food is impacting our bodies and um I'm sure that you've told Shelly about the yucca app or I've heard it pronounced differently yes. now but now like I'm it's scary it's, <laughs> yeah. I use it on a lot of stuff and it's scary even stuff at Trader Joe's I'm like wait <laughs> I'm trying to find makeup because I'm getting married in April and I, you know, I went into like Ulta, scan red, scan red, scan red. I went to Walmart the other day and scanned a moisturizer and it was like 94 out of 100. I'm like, so it doesn't all have to be super expensive. You just have to be more aware. And I just saw a video yesterday. A girl went into Dollar Tree and got like all her soaps for a dollar. And she showed the Yucca app and they were like 94 out of 100. Oh, wow. And she was like... She's like, I got all these for a dollar. So she was like, it's not that it has to be expensive. You just have to be aware of what you're putting onto, into everything you're doing to your body. Mm -hmm. yeah. And all that, it plays a role in the postpartum too, because if we're not putting good things in our body and we're using all this toxic stuff, it's just going to make it worse. Most people don't yeah. realize too, our skin I, is our biggest organ. You start slathering lotion all over yourself from, you know, that's, that's really toxic. Yeah. It's going it, to, it's going to just increase that load. And I think that's why this, all the postpartum and just mental health, everything as a whole is just getting so much higher or we're just more aware it could, you know, it could be both, but it's just seemed to be getting higher and higher and higher and it's it's honestly probably just what we're eating putting in our bodies exposing ourselves to i mean our water the list yeah our, wa our water the list goes on like it just there's so many things we could do differently but we're just trained as a society now here's what we should do and if you're outside the box and oh you're weird but it's time for us to start living outside the box because that's the way now to be healthy and live a long happy life yeah, we're not in this alone. We're in this together. So if you are a woman mm -hmm. out there and you're listening to this and you hear any of this and it resonates with you and you're like, yeah, that's me, please reach out. You can even reach out to us. We are here. Um, we understand that there's a lot of women out there that you're by yourselves and maybe you're feeling a lot of these things. Maybe you don't know where to get the help. Call us. We'll help you. We'll, we'll walk with you and try and figure out where you can go get the help that you're, you know, wherever you are in this country and in this world. Our hormones affect so much, even the way we think. When our hormones yeah. are whack, we can have brain fog. And it's really strange. Like we think things in our mind and we think that's it. That's fact. That's our reality. But all these outside influences can influence what, how we think. And it's not really reality, mm -hmm. but we think it is. And I think that's a lot of what's going on with this postpartum depression and psychosis I mean obviously in their mind it's this way and they're doing the best they can and most of these women are just trying to protect their babies I mean it's so sad they're saying that they thought that that the baby would be better off dead than have them as a mother in thoughts which I didn't realize I had in lovely TikTok um which is a part of postpartum depression anxiety psychosis all of this stuff 
I just thought everyone thought this way, and you guys may laugh or you may just be like, oh my God. <laughs> but um, so intrusive thoughts. I'm going to use the example because postpartum, they're so much worse. But like I said, I didn't know until recently that not everybody thought this way. So, so I'll say postpartum, for example, if I was driving and I went over a bridge, my mind would be like, if the bridge collapsed right now, how would you save your kids? And my mind would create this whole ordeal on how I would attempt to save my children if the bridge collapsed. Or like if um, this was this was something that's so hard for me, if like my kids fall or like anything and they're like, okay, if they felt, what if they really have, this is wrong, but you're not, but you don't know. And so something happens to them, like, and that's, that's where my, that does not help my anxiety. But that, that is a sign, like, if you don't have those thoughts and then postpartum, you're having all of these thoughts. Like, if this happens right now, how am I going to make sure my baby's okay? Or, or if someone breaks into the house right now, like, what am I going to do? That is also a sign fall down. Like, you can, you have to learn where to trust yourself and the decisions you make instead of letting your brain spiral. Like, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if? Like you can't put yourself in that continued spiral because there's no way out until you're like, hey, you guys are okay. You made the right, like you made the right choice. Like you have to be able to trust yourself to get yourself out of that spiral of continuous what ifs. If we just talk more about it and we really need to advocate for better healthcare for women. Yeah, I think women healthcare overall, for sure. And then especially postpartum, because you just said like your hormones like affect your whole entire body. And so why is it when a woman is going through the biggest hormonal change of her life, we're just like, see you in six weeks. Yeah. Uh, and things like more birthing centers open up. I just saw, and I wish I would remember the name of it. There's a birthing center that just opened up in New York. And like you check in postpartum, they provide you with your meals. They have a nursery to where if you need to sleep and just like, why isn't this more places, you know, everybody in there's a nurse. So if they're, they will do help you with your laundry. They have a chiropractor that comes in, like all of these stuff we're supposed to be doing. Okay. So we need more doulas, more people that yep. are around before and after. If you mm -hmm. hear of any anybody around you that's reaching out, listen to them. If you've got a mom that you see that she's looking like she's having a bad day, tell her she looks beautiful. Do what you can for the moms out there because a lot of them might be hurting on the inside. You don't see it because they look beautiful on the outside. But for the moms that are listening, if you're feeling sad before, during, after, reach out reach out to somebody, reach out to a neighbor, keep reaching out. If somebody doesn't listen to you, don't stop there. Talk to your doctor, talk to your friends. Don't just be in your own bubble because honestly, your brains, your brain chemicals might not be working the way they should right now. They might be on overload and they might be telling you that you're not a good person and you really are. You're an incredible goddess. Yes, and we're not meant to be alone postpartum. Oh. Mm -mm. you're meant to raise that baby by the village and so reach out to your village amy i'm so grateful that your daughter was able to share with us this week i am so looking forward to this series every week and you know what else i'm looking forward to is that great holistic box that we have tell me what's in it amy. this month our box is focused on manifestation to help you manifest your goals, hopes, and dreams. So this box is very easy to use and there's directions for every item in the box. So inside the box, you're going to get a manifestation candle and that is a lavender sage soy candle. So I know that smells amazing. You're going to get a Palo Santo and Selenite bundle, a journal, manifestation cards, affirmation cards a motivational bracelet and a manifestation check Ooh. same link as last month but if you ordered last month's box you still have to go order this month's box because it's not a subscription so you, the link will be in the show notes it's the same link as last month 
and you can head on over there and order because quantities are limited. And you know, Amy, I think for every listener this month, I'm also going to give away a piece of pyrite. You know why? Because pyrite is the manifestation um, piece for, for money mm-hmm. and manifesting money into your life. So if um, you are listening and you want our monthly box, reach out to us and you also get a piece of pyrite. Ooh, I love that. Great idea. Pyrite's one of my favorite too. It's beautiful. I'm so looking forward to next Wednesday. Who's our guest next week? We're going to have a doula, Kristen Mason. And I've known Kristen since she was a teenager. And she is a doula now. And I am very excited to hear what she has to say about this subject and about the care that you get with a doula. And yeah, I'm just really excited. I am too, because I think she is probably one of the more educated people as far as the subject goes. And I think she's going to have a lot of things to share with us about how, you know, the changes that a woman goes through and the things that she's probably seen over and over again, things that we can put into place for the women around us to support them so that they don't feel like they're alone so that they spiral and get to a place of feeling so sad, so depressed that they, you know, do things like what happened in the Clancy case. Absolutely. And this is an important topic. And if you know someone who may benefit from this conversation, share our podcast with them. The whole goal is we, we want to open the conversation. So women don't suffer in silence. They don't suffer alone. And so if this resonates with you or you know someone that it resonates with, then send it to them and we will see you next week. Well, um, have a great Wednesday, Amy. Have a great week, Shelly. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Holistic Wednesdays with Amy and Shelly. Love our content? Follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook at Holistic underscore Wednesdays. That's Holistic with A-W. And subscribe to our YouTube channel for extra content and live events. You can also reach us at our email holisticwednesdays at gmail.com. See you next Wednesday.